Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The statistics show that so-called natural disasters have been greatly increasing over the years. The correlation with the nation of Israel and her sovereignty in the land is uncanny. It's almost like there's a creator of the universe that is divinely allowing these things to happen to communicate with us. Of course, as followers of Jesus, we know that this is 100% true. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 27th, 2019. You know, there was a time when I would prepare a prophecy update, and I could actually start preparing on Monday of that week. You know, and just kind of, at least kind of get an idea of what direction maybe the Lord would have me to go. And then maybe Tuesday, you know, start kind of filling in some of the blanks. Then Wednesday, maybe connect a few more dots. And then, you know, Thursday, because I'm preparing for the Thursday night midweek, I'll just kind of, you know, go over it. And then Friday, I might add to it. And then Saturday, I'll just kind of, you know, finish it. And then Sunday morning, I just kind of go through it one last time and then come here on a Sunday morning and present the prophecy update. It's not like that anymore. Can I say it like that? I just did. I I mean, gone are those days. You know what it's like now? Um, When I get home from church on Sunday afternoon, I'm like, oh my goodness. Why couldn't they wait until Saturday? Because I, I, you know, I, that's like, can you just, you know, call them up and say, hey, my next prophecy update isn't until next Sunday. Can you just hold off until I, no, we can't because things are moving way too fast. The best analogy is this. You know, we have uh, these, this kind of, I was just noticing this the other day. I'm fast forwarding and now you have the ability to fast forward 32 times faster. You know, I remember in the old days, when I say old days, when I first started teaching Bible prophecy, this is back in the mainland, back in the 90s actually, long time ago, land far, far away. I was using the analogy of a a VCR, you know. Boy, that's, might as well be talking about eight track tape players. And so, but nowadays we, everything's live streaming and you can fast forward now and uh, 32, 64 times. If you're watching it on your computer, you just take your mouse and, and drag the video <laughs> over to the part that you want. You can speed it up as fast as you want. 
Well, here's where I'm going with it. Pause hasn't been pushed. I don't see it ever being pushed. And I don't believe that play has been pushed either. I'm convinced that it's on fast forward. At the very least, (laughs) 32 times faster. And this comports with Scripture, by the way. When you read in Scripture, particularly in Bible prophecy, even more particularly in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I'm going to come at a time when things are revved up. Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come. In the Gospels we read Jesus saying, Behold, I come at an hour that you expect not. In other words, it's going to come suddenly. And how about 1 Thessalonians 5.3, one of my favorite prophecies and verses and all the Bible. I can't wait till we get to chapter 5 in 1 Thessalonians on Sunday mornings, which at this rate will hopefully be before the rapture, because the rapture is actually in chapter 4. So maybe we'll be raptured out in chapter 4. But 1 Thessalonians 5.3 says, while they are saying two words, peace and security, Sudden, keyword, destruction will come upon them, and they will not escape. It will be like a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. It's going to be so sudden, so quick, so fast, so unexpected. I actually, I know we've talked about this, and I don't want to take too much time on it, but maybe it's apropos to mention it at least, I am becoming increasingly more convinced that the rapture will take place simultaneously with this sudden destruction possibly entailing the Isaiah 17, 1 prophecy with Damascus being destroyed and then that being the catalyst for Israel being invaded by way of the Ezekiel 38 prophecy. In other words, it's going to happen so fast. So one of the questions is, well, where does the Ezekiel 38 prophecy fit into the rapture? I mean, keep in mind, nothing needs to happen before the rapture happens. So the thought is, is that the Ezekiel 38 prophecy, and with it the Isaiah 17 prophecy concerning Syria, will happen either simultaneously with the rapture or immediately after the rapture. Another question that's asked is, so what starts the seven-year tribulation? The rapture? No, not necessarily. It could. But what we know to be true from Scripture in Daniel 9.27 is that it will be this seven-year peace covenant that starts the seven-year tribulation. I am personally of the belief, and again, I don't want to posture myself as being dogmatic about this, but I am personally of the belief that once the Ezekiel 38 prophecy is fulfilled and this alliance of nations are decimated, The whole world in the wake of this sudden devastating destruction will beg for a world leader to come and bring peace. Some have even suggested, and again I'm 
don't want to be dogmatic about it, but we have another detail in Ezekiel 38 that time does not permit, and it's that of a great earthquake that some believe will change the entire topography of Jerusalem, which will be the way that they are able to rebuild the temple there on the Temple Mount, which right now has the Dome of the Rock, the Mosque of Omar, and is currently controlled by the Muslims, which is really interesting, by the way. That would pretty much settle it, wouldn't it? An earthquake? <laughs> it's kind of like, what are we going to do? The Dome of the Rock's in the way. God's like, don't worry about it. I got it, I got it taken care of. <laughs> Watch me now. You know, this great earthquake. We'll put it here now. Okay. <laughs> That's a good spot. Sorry for the silliness with which I say that, but would you agree that Everything is on fast forward. Would you also agree that there's this unstoppable momentum in the sense that there's so much momentum and things are moving so fast that it's difficult to imagine a scenario where you wake up one morning and you read on your news feed that Russia and Turkey and Iran have all pulled out of Syria. And uh, it's all good now. <laughs> Let's just all have a group hug. Just, I don't see that happening. I was thinking about this this last week, and I'm almost done. You know, prior to 1948, there were Bible prophecy teachers, believe it or not. And their prophecy updates, so to speak, were about, you know, Israel is going to be reborn as a nation. It's right here in Ezekiel. And that's going to start the clock ticking. And then once Israel is back in the land, they're going to be invaded from the north by Russia, Turkey, Iran, and these other nations. Could you imagine, over 70 years ago, could you imagine hearing that Bible prophecy being taught, thinking to yourself, no way, no way. Even the Bible commentaries from back then, are they're so interesting because these guys prior to 1948 were saying, this is what's going to happen. It happened. <laughs> and now here we are in 2019, and I'm standing up here saying, oh my goodness, it is exactly as we were told it would be. You know, prior to 1979, Iran was allied with Israel. Is that, is that a, isn't that just mind-boggling? 1979 was the year, I was a junior in high school. Don't start doing the math, I was eight. <laughs> and I graduated in 1980. 1979, everything changed. 
The rest is history, as they say, better said. The rest is prophecy. Let me just say, lastly, that we have these detailed prophecies in the Bible because God wants us to know. He's, he wants to warn us so that we're ready, so that those who don't believe will believe, and those who do believe will look up and lift up their heads because their redemption draws nigh. What if I said it like this? God does not want us to be ignorant when it comes to Bible prophecy. Is that fair? He wants us to know, because it's part of the gospel, (laughs) which is why we do these prophecy updates and why we share the gospel of salvation and the ABCs of salvation. That's the whole point. It's part of the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus came the first time, He was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the good news. In a world that is full of nothing but bad news. When Paul writes to the Corinthians in chapter 15 in his first epistle, he describes the gospel as such. And he says twice, very interesting, according to the scriptures. In other words, according to the prophecy in scriptures. Jesus fulfilled prophecy in his first coming. And so too will he fulfill prophecy in the rapture of the church and his second coming. I want to do the ABCs of salvation, if you'll just kindly allow me two or three more minutes to do it. I know that you hear it every week, every time, but there may be someone that is hearing it for the first time. The A is for acknowledge or admit that you've sinned. You've fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. This is what it means to repent. You you have a change of mind. You turn from your sin, acknowledging of your sin, and you turn to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. That's the first step. Very simple. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one, save one, Jesus the Christ. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners in Adam, which is why we must be born again in the second and final Adam, Jesus Christ. Romans 6.23, for lack of a better way of saying it, packages first, presents first, if you prefer, the bad news, and then offers the good news. And sometimes I think in our sharing of the gospel with non-believers, we would do well to start with the bad news, 
You know how when someone comes to you and says, i got good news and i got bad news, which one do you want first? To which I usually say, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't want any bad news. I only want to hear good news. Well, the problem is, is that the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. I know that's not proper English, so please do not email me. The badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. And the bad news is really bad. It's really, really bad. You want to know what the bad news is? Oh, death. The wages of sin is death. The death penalty for all eternity. That's the bad news. Why? Because you've transgressed God's law. We've all broken God's law. We've all fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. You know that plumb line we were talking about? First Thessalonians? I mean, here's the plumb line of God's righteousness, and, and then here's us as sinners. Whoa! <laughs> you know. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How? Oh, so glad you asked. That's the B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Why? How? Because He went to His death in your stead. That should have been you. You have been sentenced to death. And Jesus the Savior, the Christ, walked into the courtroom of eternity and said to the judge of the universe, Stop! I know you just sentenced him, sentenced her to death. I am willing to go to their death in their stead. And the judge just looks at you and says, Wow, dude. <laughs> I not say dude. This is great news. Good news. Guess what? You're free. Your death's been paid. Do you realize that's what the word gospel means? Good news. Your death's been paid. You're free to go. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Well, that's, 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 yeah. That's really good news. Here's the C. C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Here's the thing. Every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But those of us who confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord now, do so unto salvation. There's coming a time when those who confess with their mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, will do so not unto salvation, but condemnation for all eternity. 
All are going to confess. One way or the other. Lastly, Romans 10, 13. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Pretty simple. For me, that was 37 years ago. Coming up on 38 years, if the Lord tarries. It was a simple calling upon the name of the Lord by myself, in my room, believing in my heart, confessing with my mouth, putting my trust in Him for the forgiveness of sin, and I was saved. It wasn't complicated. It's very easy, childlike simple. If you're here today in this church, or you're watching online, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you. Pastor, you say that every week, I know. But there's coming a week when I won't say it anymore. (laughs) And we won't have a prophecy update anymore. No need. We'll be gone. You better be gone, because <laughs> if, if you're, first of all, you got a beautiful building. I don't know what they're going to do with it. It'll probably turn it into a mosque. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I've watched way too many Left Behind movies, haven't I? <laughs> Why don't you all stand? <laughs> Lord, thank you. I mean, we laugh. It's a, it is a kind of a, bittersweet laughter, because there is a somber seriousness to all of this, Lord, and we acknowledge that. We're seeing everything that's taking place in the world happen exactly as you said it would. And for some of us, it's very exciting, because we know what it means. It means you're at the door And you're coming soon, maybe sooner than any of us realize. And that is exciting, because we're ready, and we're watching. But there are those for whom this is not at all exciting. It's terrifying, and rightfully so. Lord, I would much rather scare somebody into heaven than flatter them into hell. Not that that's what Bible prophecy is for. It's not to scare, as Dr. Heinsohn always says, but to prepare. But at the same time, there is a healthy fear that the Proverbs says is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So Lord, maybe I'm, I'm asking you for the fear of the Lord to come upon those who don't know you, that they would get right with you, so that they're ready for you when you return. Lord, thank you. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.